Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, Clearedcast. Your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. I'm Katie Keller, Editorial Communications Manager at ClearanceJobs.com. I'm Jill Hamilton, Editor at the news site at ClearanceJobs.com. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jill. It's always such a great conversation. And today we're going to discuss uh, mental health and how that relates to your security clearance. May is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I'm really excited. We're in a time where talking about mental health is no longer a taboo. So breaking the stigma, especially since a lot of folks that do have active security clearances are coming from the military and some people experience PTSD from traumatic events Mm. uh, relating to being deployed. So I'm really excited to dive into some questions that I specifically have and that I know that some of our clearance holders may have. So mental health and psychological conditions, what's sort of the security concern and why do security clearance background investigators and adjudicators um, ask those questions along with the SF-86? Oh, great question. Um, It is something that I think has caused some anxiety over the years, just in filling out the SF-86. And at times it can seem maybe it feels unfair to ask these questions, but, you know, as the government's looking for reliability, trustworthiness, anything that could give them pause that has the, you know, on anything that, whether how you handle classified information or trust on anything on trustworthiness, they're going to want to investigate just to look in to make sure that you can't be coerced or have something used against you. So, while the psychological conditions are part of the adjudicative guidelines, it is actually rare that mental health issues cause an actual denial. It can be a contributing factor, but a current or former uh, psychological condition in and of itself doesn't cause a security concern. So it's really when the behaviors trigger um, unlawful actions or you know, a compromise of classified information, or even like lead into espionage, that's where it becomes a factor in the investigation or for others for previously reinvestigation. Um, that's when it, when it would come up. So. Well, and I know that we've seen that with uh, some of the DOA cases that we've covered at the news site. Uh, a lot of the time, it's not just, you know, the mental health sort of issue at hand it is that criminal conduct that sort of follows, you know, that, that concern. So that's a good note for security clearance holders being honest on those forms and through the investigation Mm -hmm. process is really important because adjudicators are looking at sort of the whole person, Um, you know, no matter moving into a continuous evaluation or anything like that, it's still the whole person concept. So that's, that's um, probably a sigh of relief for people. Right. Right, because it is so common to the National Institutes of Mental Health. They estimate like tens of millions of people are affected each year, but only like half of those people actually receive treatment. So it's not like this is 
something you should feel like you can't go get treatment for. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but um, it's it's just something to be honest about on the SF-86 when you're filling it out and with investigators, just because it is something that they have to look into. That's all. Sure. Well, so what about interim clearances? You know, filling out the SF-86, going through the investigation process, we've covered that a little bit, but what about those interim clearances that are granted if you yeah. have um, mental health concerns that you list? Yeah. No, that's a great question. I mean, so while your mental health questionnaire, um, it won't lead, your answers on that won't necessarily lead to a clearance denial and probably won't unless it's like extreme cases, but it just doesn't mean that you will skate past the interim though. Um, so an interim denial doesn't mean that you're going to get denied the clearance. It just means that they need more information. More things have to happen in order for them to make the final decision. And I think one of the things that's been helpful in the la- last few years, uh, the government's made some of the mental health questions just a little bit more specific. So it's kind of in an attempt to ease some of the extra anxiety that's been around all the different questions where they were a little bit more vague. So you felt like you had to share more than you really had to. So that mm-hmm. kind of helps them hone in on which cases will actually need more help uh, or more investigation um, in order to make the final determination. So even if you don't get the interim security clearance, it's not that's not indicative of whether or not you're going to actually get your your full clearance at the end. Sure. So don't be discouraged yeah. when you, you know, you do get denied that interim. Um, it just means that they have more things or more information, more sources, right. uh, more documentation that they may need to look into. Um, so that's another yeah. probably sigh of relief for folks. Sort of moving on to, you know, the treatment with these, you know, DOA cases that we've seen with denials, with, you know, revocations of security clearances you know, leaving things untreated or actually seeking out treatment, sort of, uh, could you talk through that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. It's it's always worse to leave things untreated. I mean, personally for yourself, it's going to be worse, but it's also one of the reasons denials can actually happen in men- with mental health issues is because things were left untreated. Sure. So someone in denial is a far greater threat to national security than someone who's actively trying to work through treatment options. So yeah, not only is your personal life going to improve or have the ability to improve, it also improves the likelihood um, that your personal struggles are not going to impact your clearance and ultimately your job. Mm -hmm. So it's always better to follow through seeking treatment. Sure. And, you know, sometimes that can be seen as a mitigating factor. You know, you are showing that Mm -hmm. personal responsibility and taking ownership of your mental health. Um, and, it, you know, I know that we've always said at clearancejobs.com that uh, seeking out mental health treatment is not going to be something that will preclude you from gaining a security clearance or a career. Um, so, again, it's actually showing that personal responsibility if you do seek out that treatment. Um, exactly. Speaking of, you know, COVID-19, I know that me personally, I certainly experienced some sort of, you know, mental health sort of shake. Um, amidst a pandemic and everyone working from home, being isolated from friends and family, sort of the uncertainty that goes along with it. I know that there was some news that was released in terms of COVID-19 and seeking out treatment. What did that look like at the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, well, it was actually back in the fall, I think they clarified specifically the um, National Counterintelligence and Security Center, the director, he made it a point that to say that 
seeking counseling or undergoing treatment to address psychological concerns resulting from having COVID-19 or from the associated stressful effects of COVID-19 is not in and of itself considered a negative or disqualifying factor when officials render eligibility determinations. So then he goes on to explain um, personnel of the NCSC and how they are committed to the whole person concept when they make their decisions. So, I mean, the common thread you keep hearing along the way is the seeking help portion. Um, so adjudicators, they're not, they're not looking for perfect people. Otherwise, there wouldn't be anybody <laughs> in national security. Um, they're just looking for people who are taking responsibility, being honest, and working through any issues that they have. And that's, that's what they're looking for when they see the, see the whole picture there. Sure. So, but it was, I think it was really encouraging that they made it a point to reach out with that information um, just in case there was any concern because it is common to not get help and so it's been a weird it's been a really weird year so I think yeah. that was important for them to say that it's certainly important certainly relatable to a lot of people probably something they were feeling themselves so putting out statements and memos um, pertaining to especially you know the security clearance process something that um, mental health has been a part of, is a part of, but can, you know, like you said, have big questions on the SF-86 prior to changing those more recently. That So moving on to sort of self-medicating and, you know, not seeking out that treatment, especially during a time, during the pandemic, I think alcohol sales skyrocketed. So not mm-hmm. self-medicating and um, seeking out that treatment because it can lead to those criminal conduct issues. So I right. think that's another point to consider as well. Right, right. Which is why you'll say, well, the it's common for them to say that mental health issues are not usually the factor, but sometimes can be a contributing factor. So sometimes if some of mental health issues run into some of the other adjudicative guidelines where you, um, if you haven't gotten treatment, you know, there's self-medication or any of those other things, those can be the reasons for a denial or things to be looked into more, not necessarily the mental health issue itself. Sure. So I think it's a good, like you said, it's good to remember, remember that. Mm-hmm. Well, so seeking out treatment, super important, um, important for you, uh, you know, and your mental health and your personal well-being. important for your career, important for your security clearance. But let's talk a little bit about sort of the difference in seeking out treatment from a, a therapist or a psychologist, even a psychiatrist at times and what a psych evaluation actually is pertaining to the security clearance process because there is a key difference yeah yes this is a really important question so yeah if you're called in for a psych evaluation know that it's it's not a therapy session um we have dr scott edwards who uh, has written for us before and he's explained in the past the the danger that candidates can fall into when when they give the psychologist more information that's necessary or even good for their career. Because the psychologist doesn't necessarily need all those major factors. He calls this the oversharing, you know, which is, um, he makes light of it in like, you know, in social settings, it's always awkward when somebody overshares. But, you know, when it comes to like a therapy session, not a therapy session, a psych evaluation, you know, the goal there is for them to just kind of check on the things that you've reported on your SF-86, they're not there to actually work through different things with you. you so you, it's really important to keep in mind what it is that you're going to be sharing, not as a way to be evasive, because you don't want to be perceived as that, but you don't, 
you don't need to be telling them everything because what when they're working in that that role, everything could be uh, reported to the government. It's not the same as like um, a therapy session where it's private and nothing is going to get shared. Their whole goal is to report back to the government. Sure. So definitely be honest, but create some boundaries and lines about what actually has to be shared rather than making this your tell-all. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Remembering who the audience is and remembering mm. what the intent or, you know, the product out of the conversation is going to be. And I think the other yeah. thing that I just thought of, you know, and uh, asking all these questions, these are really important questions. And uh, again, I'm so happy that now we're in a time where it's not taboo to talk about mental health. It's not, you know, keeping your therapy sessions or private, everybody's sort of sharing it to the world. It's okay to you know, seek out help, which is really great, but also not overthinking it when it comes to, again, questions on the SF-86. I know that we always talk about don't overthink, don't overshare, answer the questions that's being asked. And I, I think, you know, telling folks who do experience sort of that anxiety already, and it's definitely heightened when you are applying for jobs and applying for a security clearance, just try not to overthink and just, you know, relax as much as you can throughout the process. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, I think the key in all this too, is to remember that just because you get help or you're honest on your SF-86, it's not meaning that you have to actually, I mean, it's okay to be honest with your coworkers or your boss, but you also don't even, they also don't always have to be a part of that conversation unless it's impacting your day-to-day -day work. And then you can still define like set your own boundaries of what you want to share with them as you as you continue to try to to, to work. Um, but when it comes to the SF eighty six, it's just different. Like it's it's being honest, so they can look into that, and so you're not considered like you're trying to cover up anything, mm -hmm. and they can look into all that. So you don't have to make this like you know share time with <laughs> with your coworkers unless you really want to. It's really just mm -hmm. about getting help for your own personal good and doing it in a way that can help you with your clearance and maintaining your, your work in national security. That's all. Sure. Well, so overall it's, you know, seeking out that help when you do need it is seen as a mit mitigating factor. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, it, like I said, it won't, it'll, it helps personally, but it also helps with moving your clearance along, um, showing that responsibility and how like you're taking taking responsibility of working through everything so okay that's good All really great information uh you know sort of breaking the stigma behind mental health everyone experiences something that well some experience things that can be traumatic like i said mm -hmm. you know folks in the military experiencing ptsd um you know folks can be touched in a negative way by a pandemic being isolated so seeking out yeah. that help is really important so May, again, is Mental Health Awareness Month. So if you need the help, seek it out. And for other mental health resources, you can visit us at news.clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.